Our first reading this morning comes from Acts chapter 22, and that's page 1057. And the second reading is going to come from 1095. Can I suggest you put your finger in 1095 because it's only one verse and uh, it follows on very nicely with the Acts reading, so I'd like to make it a seamless. And that will be 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Acts 22. Brothers and fathers, Paul began, listen to me now. I want to give you reasons for my actions. When they heard that he was speaking to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew. I was born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but I grew up here in Jerusalem. I studied with Gamaliel. I was well trained by him in the law given to our people long ago. I wanted to serve God as much as any of you do today. I hunt, I hurt the followers of the way of Jesus. I sent many of them to their death. I arrested men and women. I threw them into prison. The high priest and the whole council can be witnesses of this themselves. I even had some official letters they had written to their friends in Damascus. So I went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. I had almost reached Damascus. About noon, a bright light from heaven suddenly flashed around me. I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice speak to me. Saul, Saul, it said, why are you opposing me? Who are you, Lord, I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, he replied. I am the one you are opposing. The light was seen by my companions, but they didn't understand the voice of the one speaking to me. What should I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said. Go into Damascus. There you will be told everything that you have been given to do. The brightness of the light had blinded me. So my companions led me by the hand into Damascus. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a godly Jew who obeyed the law. All the Jews living there respected him very much. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, the God of our people has chosen you. He wanted to tell you his plans for you. You have seen 
the blameless one. You have heard words from his mouth. Now you will tell everyone about what you have seen and heard. So what are you waiting for? Get up and call on his name. Be baptized. Have your sins washed away. And now the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. None of our faces are covered with a veil. All of us can see the Lord's glory and think deeply about it. So we are being changed to become more like him so that we have more and more glory. And this glory comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless his word to us this morning. So Bishop Desiree, would you like to come up to the front? I just want to pray for you. Um, Desiree is now going to speak to us. Um, First of all, let's pray. Loving Father, thank you for your gospel. Thank you for the amazing, transforming power that it has. And we pray for this time that we really think on it. We pray that you would speak through Desiree just now by the power of your Holy Spirit into our hearts. And that those hearts will be open and receptive to the message you have for each one of us. Lord, we pray that you would bless Desiree through this as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to, first of all, Thank the Kambun Church for your prayers, but also for your love and your support for many since since long time until now. Uh, what we are doing in Congo, you are also partaking in that we are doing in our place, and really we are very, very thankful to that. Um, our uh, topic today that I was given is about who are we? Who are we? And when we see the reading that we have read, we just see God is telling us something. And this, who are we? It's a broad question. Has many meanings. But uh, this is, uh, it's requesting us our identity. What's, what's our, what is our identity as Christians? Uh, when we, we have heard, we see how Paul is taken into court because of his faith. 
and being questioned about his conversion. He starts boldly giving his personal convincing experience and telling them, his people, his brothers, his fathers, and expecting task that he was given and how God has called him to witness the gospel of Christ to the Gentiles where he was going to fight, kill, prosecute, and do bad things. But God called him to serve him. Though it was a tense moment, and was under threat to death, but God kept himself. This means that when God calls, he protects. When God calls, he strengthens. When God calls, he changes. When God calls, he transforms. He equips with wisdom and also protects his people. Last January, before we came in England, at this time, I conducted an evangelistic outreach, outreach mission for peace and reconciliation in a dangerous area at about 50, 70 kilometers from Goma, where many people fear to go. Even the governor, the, our governor cannot go there. Our president cannot go there. But uh, there was a need. I had to pray. And even my wife, Claudia, says, said, how are you going to reach that place? But at the end, we decided to go and reaching these people who are in need. And we did 10 days preaching the word of God, teaching church leaders in different dimensions. We went to hospitals to pray for sick people. We went to prison to preach, for, to preach to prisoners, and we met 250 prisoners who were starving. And we were told that two of them had died because of lacking of food. Good enough, we brought some food, we fed them, but also we preached the gospel. And they were very responding, and many of them were saved. They gave their life to Christ. And when I'll be back, we'll be doing some baptism. And also, those who want to, 
who choose to, to get confirmation, I will confirm some of them. And uh, despite this one, there are a lot of, of risks. But I saw that God needed us in that such a time to his people. What does gospel mean? What is gospel all about? There are many meanings, many definitions of the concept of gospel. Some scholars define gospel as the message concerning Christ, the kingdom of God and salvation. Others go on defining gospel as all about telling the story concerning God. Others shorten it, say good news. And others say that gospel is all about the teachings of Jesus and the apostles, the Christian revelation, etc. But all the definitions are really good. But what does gospel mean in our Christian life? Here, action matters. It sounds good to hear that gospel, as we've seen on the screen, is one of the five values guiding Cambon Church. In so planning, it is expected that the congregation of this church aims at mission to preach the gospel with the desire of being a missionary church, a church living into a full koinonia, living in full communion and sharing and servicing the church that goes outside and tell the message of salvation to the nations. The church that makes discipleship from within and outside, starting from our families, from our husbands, our wives, from our children, from our workplace, in our offices, mission is the church which does not hide identity. It's a shame to see that some Christians shy. They do not want to show up their Christian identity. Last time I was in Norwich and I was with a pastor walking around and we met two people sitting on the bench. They were just homeless people. They were just looking for help. 
And someone told me there was a, a lady and a, a, a man. The man was not a Christian. I preached them the gospel. And he, he told me, excuse me, Bishop, I have a question. If someone goes to hell, can get can 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 he get food there? Then I told him, my friend, that is a serious problem. That is just crying, fire and whatever. But this is the time for you. You can just give your life to Christ. And the lady who was beside him said, Me, I'm a Christian. And this, this man said, you have never told me that you are, you are a religion. So sometimes we don't want to share our identity. We don't say to people who we are, are we Christians? But also the action can show whether we are Christian or not. If we keep shying, who will go do mission? Who will go for God? In Isaiah, it has been heard. Who will go for us? The voice said, here I am, send me. This one was none than, than other than Jesus who came. He came for us. He died for us. He shed his blood for us. And now he's sending us to go. That's all about gospel. That's about mission. There are many people who are perishing without Jesus. They are going to eternal hell without Jesus. Yet we do live with them. God needs us. The church should be a missionary church. That is ready to go and spell the gospel, the good news of Christ to people. This requires to be pragmatic, a living gospel into action. According to John 10.10, 10, I've come so that they may have life and life in its fullness, life in abundance. That's what some of the actions Claudine is doing back home. Also in Isaiah 50, 58, God is expecting us to lose the bonds of wickedness, to remove heavy burdens from people, to let the oppressed go free, to break yokes, to share our bread with the hungry, to shelter the homeless, to cover the naked, to meet family members in meeting their basic needs, etc., etc. This week, it was in, in, on Monday, we were in Devon, and we were at St. Paul Church in Paynton. Claude and I, we are surprised for our first time to see homeless people in a great need. But good enough for them, this church organized an evening meal with them. 
We ate with them and prayed with them. And this same church offered them a place to sleep for one night. This is what God is expecting from us all. And God, God's heart is upon this group like this. Who knows what God can do for such people after this action? God is sovereign, sovereign, and God is a merciful God, full of grace. When we see our, our, our reading, we know very much who Paul was before and after his, his conversion. People thought Paul was an Egyptian, a rebel who led 4,000 4, people in Jerusalem. And then he disappeared. The commander, the Roman commander, assumed that Paul was this rebel and arrested him to investigate about who he was. Remember, our theme is about who are we? What's our identity? Are we rebels, <coughs> persecutors in our life? We sometimes look like rebels, persecutors, as I've heard from my sister here. When we are backbiting people, we are hurting people. That's something like people used to, to live in. Assuming that we do this, so we, 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 we think that we are in the right path. That was the feeling of Paul before. When we have not been had a touch from God, when we have not been lightened by Jesus, it is obvious to live like what Paul was living. But we need Jesus' touch in our life. In Christian worldview, Paul was seen as a killer. And in God's face, he was seen as a persecutor. But despite his former life, God wanted him and used him for his kingdom. And good enough for Paul, Jesus met him in the road when he was approaching Damascus. What was he going to do? Killing people. And now our question is, where are we heading to? But Jesus met Paul. And our prayer is just to see, may also Jesus met us in our road that he may transform us, he may change us, and was to come back and be his witness, his people, his people who can witness him. And this shows how much God loves his people. He does not want to see any single person perishing. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, 
But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. We are all strangers. When we see what we do, we are really strangers. We are, we are all far off from God, but he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and brought us home. It is like the prodigal son. God does not matter of what we did in the past. He just loves us as a merciful God, and he feels happy to see us back to him, and he will use us for his sake. We just open our hearts for him and say sorry for what we have done. We who have been spiritually rebels, but saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, God's ill calling is calling each, each of us to be his followers and be God's witness in our life. And if we see this man, Ananias, told to Paul, he will go and witness to the Gentiles. In witnessing, there are, it's not easy. There are suffering. But also, before God, it's good. He needs us, his messengers, the missionaries, who are boldly giving testimonies of our salvation on how God saved us. Like Paul, like Paul without fear or threat, from the audience of the people who knew us before. In his testimony, Paul shared how he had come to faith in Christ. Sound reasoning is good, but it is also important to share simply what Christ has done in our lives. But no matter how we present this message, not everyone will accept it as Paul knew. Paul knew that. Even if I'm saying this one, not everyone is going to accept. We must faithfully and responsibly present the gospel and leave the result to God himself. May the Holy Spirit Continue to teach us more and more. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we are before you. Indeed, you need us, and we need you, Lord. You need your touch and transform us for your sake to be your followers and to give our testimonies on how, Lord, you brought us to salvation that other people may come to you. I pray in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.